Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a 10 Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from yeah. All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen To the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show Coming at you not quite live From the K Compound In Boca Raton, Florida Happy, so happy to be back here uh, There's a whole long story To how it got here How we got here Where have I been Where have the episodes been But we don't need to necessarily waste a whole lot of time with that. Uh, we're here, and we're ready to go. When I say I'm back, I mean I'm back, and I'm back like I've never been here before. There's going to be tons of content. There's going to be tons of stuff for you to really sink your teeth into from an always-be-booked standpoint, and I am more than excited to bring it to you. You know, what is we? what are we doing? What are we? What does that mean? You know, it doesn't matter what it means. You're going to see. Again, I've learned over the years that in my mind during some particular, um, I guess, uh, overly ambitious portions of my day, week, or month, I've promised you guys stuff, and I've let you guys down, but that stuff is ideally dead. So what I'm going to do is not make these grandiose claims of what specifically is going to happen. I'm just going to say, get your popcorn ready. You will see. We're going to do some things. We're going to learn some things. We're going to have some fun, and we're going to get this party started right now. And let's just say... The reason I am here, the reason we are back in Florida is because we want to give a new, renewed dedication to this whole always be booked thing. And let's just see where it's going to go, right? Speaking of seeing things where, where they're going to go, um, they, they, like I said, there's a long story to how I got back here. And, uh, you know, I'm going to not, I promise I'm not going to freaking harp on this whole Patreon thing. Uh, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. I am kind of committed to trying to stay fairly cruise relative on this platform, which is the free show, the long show. What this whole Always Be Booked thing is based around is this podcast right here. Yes, we do have a Patreon, and uh, what I will do there is kind of dive into a little bit more of behind the scenes, a little bit more back office stuff, a little bit more on the personal side of it, mainly because, you know, it just seems like that's what you guys, that's where most of that I guess demand comes from more along the lines here. It's going to be the cruise talk. Yeah, of course it's me. So I am going to go off on my little tangents here and there. I can't do anything but that. I can't help myself for that. But for the deep dives into that type of thing, you're going to want to go to Patreon. So if you want to do that, it's a $5 donation per month. And uh, again, without making grandiose statements, if you hung in there on the Patreon, you're about to get rewarded big time because there's going to be tons of Patreon content coming in. Multiple shows per week, not one extra show a week, multiple shows per week. And all you have to do is go to uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. You make the $5 donation. And then uh, what's going to happen is you're immediately going to feel a certain type of rumble going on in the depths of your soul. Uh, at first, it might feel a little uncomfortable, but you got to embrace it. Embrace the feeling. Let it take over your spirit. Let the natural forces flow throughout your body. This is a, a transformation 
process. Can I say transformation nowadays on air? Uh, this is a transformation process where you're transforming from a cone into a super cone. It's quite a feeling. If you don't want to do it right now and you want to wait to see if I'm actually going to do this or if I'm full of shit like I've been in the past, do that. No problem. Wait on it. Or how about this? Don't even do it. If you're not interested and the free show a week is good for you, then just do the free show. But like I said, if you like what you hear here and you'd like to hear more of the offbeat, irreverent stuff, uh, the Patreon is going to be the place to go to get that. Also, as always, Instagram always be booked and please would you join this facebook group we have a lot of fun there it's getting to be more fun uh the always be booked cruisers ultra lounge group on facebook it's a great community of info sharing uh stories and intense ball breaking we do it all over there it's a great time go check us out at the always be booked cruisers ultra lounge on facebook now Also, if you happen to be a new listener, I have been told that the show, and when I say the show, I'm meaning me, I, me, am an acquired taste. I don't know whether it's the accent, whether it's the, uh, you know, the boisterous uh, personality, whatever it is. I was told that, you know what, I didn't really like it at first, but after I gave it a couple of days or a couple of episodes or whatever, I hear people really kind of gravitate to towards it and, uh, you know, you get we get our hooks into you and then you end up not wanting to miss an episode because you just become, like I said, if it's anything and at its best, always be booked is a community and that's what we strive for here. It's, it's interactive, it's back and forth and, uh, you know, we got a group cruise coming up. We'll talk a little bit about more on that in a little while. The main topic for today's show is going to be uh, all things Navigator of the Seas at Coco K. Perfect day at Coco K, I should say. Wow. Wow. That was a lot of rhyming right there. That was almost a freestyle. Why would I ever do that? And uh, it's going to be our cruise. We're going to do a little recap on the cruise we just took with uh, the lovely Nicole, Jonathan, and Chris. It was a great time, and uh, we'll detail that. But first, we're going to get into the cruise news. Let us go. All right, so let's get the bad news out of the way. Royal Caribbean's Voyager of the Seas had just sailed out of Singapore and unfortunately had not one but two completely unrelated passengers pass away on this sailing, uh, which actually... The sailing is still currently at sea. One passenger was 61 and the other was 75. Both were said to have died of natural causes, uh, even though, I don't know, it's kind of weird to hear uh, the term natural causes being associated with someone who dies at 61, but that was, uh, what the, that was what was being thrown around and floated around, yet here we are. The ship was headed to uh, Penang and uh, fuck it. Fuck it, fuck it. Now, there's jokes to be made there, but in lieu of the gravity of the story, we're not going to make them right now. Uh, in all seriousness, our thoughts and prayers do go out to the families of those people who passed away on that ship. Um, a Royal Caribbean spokesperson did what spokespeople do and made a statement. Uh, quote, as per our standard procedure, we have informed the respective families and we are providing them assistance during this difficult time. We extend our most sincere condolences to the family. They continue now. Yeah, it's crazy. Deaths at sea happen fairly regularly. There is a morgue on most ships, as you guys know. And uh, in a couple of the stories that we did and a couple of the features that we did, we 
went over the fact that people, you know, what do they say about the cruise ship industry? It's a lot of old people do gravitate towards cruising because of the simplicity of the vacation and maybe the economics as well since they're mostly retired. But, you know, it it was said to me on one of the talks with one of the cruise directors that that is not always looked at as like the saddest, most tragic thing. Listen, hate to let the cat out of the bag it's going to happen to all of us and it's been said that a lot of times it's these people go on these cruises sometimes knowing the end is near now 61 years old that's a little that's a little crazy as far as uh trying to talk about like anybody i don't think anybody who was 61 necessarily expected that but at the same time here we are it did happen and again very very sad anytime uh lives are lost but, you know, as you get older, sometimes, you know, if you could choose the way you want to go, sometimes being on a cruise ship, you know, there's, there's a certain type of tranquility and some peace to that, some people might say. But uh, that's it. All right, let's switch some gears into a little bit of some happier news. And uh, Carnival Dream of the Dream Class has embarked on its very first sailing out of Galveston, Texas, a few days ago. I don't know if you're familiar with the port of Galveston. It's about an hour and 20 minutes outside of Houston. And uh, this is significant because, like other cruise lines, you see it happening here and there. Carnival is wanting to break the unspoken rule. It's not necessarily a rule. It's just been sort of a practice that uh, newer and bigger ships do the longer itineraries, the general Eastern Western Caribbean slash seven, eight, nine days, while the older and smaller ships, they end up taking care of the shorter, like maybe the weekends or the midweek ones. And uh, I really love this, especially being back in Florida. Kind of like that nicer ships and uh, refurbished ships and newer ships are going to be given the shorter itineraries. Particularly, uh, this particular sailing out of Galveston will be a five-day Western Caribbean run that will be the largest carnival ship ever to do a short sailing. And I guess when you say short, it's you know five and under. It'll be the sh- it'll be the largest ship ever to do a short sailing out of Galveston. Carnival continues its heavy presence in Texas as the Dream joins Vista and the Carnival Freedom, which have been there since last year. We have a quote from Roger Reese. Carnival Cruise Lines was the first cruise line to call Galveston its home. Since 2000, we have enjoyed our relationship with the with Carnival and look forward to many more years together. We just recently welcomed their Vista class ship here and are excited to now have a dream class home porting in Galveston. We are now home port to two of the cruise lines larger class ships so yeah so that's a lot of influx you know what i mean you're going from fantasy and smaller class uh, classes of ships to the dream and the vista class which are the two largest classes of ships carnival has at sea right now and that's uh between the three ships there's going to be an expected of six hundred and fifty thousand passengers to cruise annually out of Galveston starting this year. You want to tell me the cruise uh, the cruise industry isn't growing despite all the, uh, let's just call them all in good fun, poking fun at us that we get from comedians like Bill Burr and, you know, people like that. And even, you know, some of these uh, comedy cruises, they're, they're stand-up comedians and they have bits about cruising. Meanwhile, they're making a ton of money off cruising. Like I said, let's just assume it's all in good fun. Bill Burr is going to have to do a lot more 
than uh, throw some shade on the cruise industry to get me to not love his stand-up comedy. All right, so it's been a little bit of a slow cruise news week this week, and we'll wrap it up with this story that kind of hits a little close to here where I am right now, and I love this, the Bright Line. I don't know if you are familiar with the Bright Line. It's an intercity rail service in South Florida, particularly right now, that's basically a high-speed rail. Now, you know... They don't talk about this, but the Bright Line is an issue. In South Florida, there's always been from, uh, let's just call it the Tri-County area. Uh, you got Palm Beach County, you have Broward County, and you have Dade County. And uh, it's always been uh, the Tri-Rail. And they make frequent stops, and it's almost like the Long Island Railroad of South Florida. I don't know if that means anything to any of you, but just picture your local railroad regular train service. And uh, that's what the Tri-Rail is. They instituted the Bright Line, and the Bright Line is high speed. And at this point, it's only three um, stops, so it's one in each county. You have Miami, you have Fort Lauderdale, and you have Palm Beach, West Palm Beach. So these things fly, though. They, like, you know, average over, I don't know, 100 miles an hour, 120 miles an hour or so. I made that up out of my ass, but we'll see if it's right. Maybe it is. Somebody fact check it. We'll see. But I think that's what it is. So what's going on is that people are uh, getting killed by this thing, unfortunately. Um, while I continue the, you know, the the bright spin on the news, I'm sounding like Carlos over here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I guess when people try to cross the train tracks, you know, whether they want to end it all i think it's a, probably a little bit of a mixture of people you know maybe a couple of unfortunate suicides but a lot of times people assume the tri-rail the tri-rail's been here for decades and uh people think they have a certain amount of time when they see the tri-rail coming and that causes them to misjudge how much time they have when the 120 mile an hour alleged uh bright line uh, is bearing down on them and they can't get out of the way of it. So there's been some issues with that, which is still mind boggling to me. Guys, stay off the train tracks when the train is coming. I mean, I'm, I don't know a lot in this life. You know, I didn't, I don't walk through the world with a lot of wisdom. I know a few things. I know I love to cruise. I know the Yankees are the greatest sports franchise in the history of sports. And I know don't walk in front of a moving train. You know what I'm saying? Brightline is partnering up with MSC Cruises, and they've become the official cruise line partner of Brightline, and the collaboration will provide several benefits to both clients. Now, what they're going to do is bag-free experience prior to setting sail. So if you're in the South Florida area, you check your bags into Brightline, not unlike you do with the airport, the partnership they have with the cruise lines, and you uh, don't see your bags until they're in the stateroom again. A travel option between West Palm Beach and Fort Lauderdale to Port of Miami when traveling on the rail system. This will all be part of a package. The Brightline will offer special train to port bundle packages for MSC cruise get, uh, cruises guests sailing from Port Miami to park their car, check in their luggage uh, at Brightline stations prior to getting on the cruise. The railway will service uh, co- uh, the railway service company will bring riders luggage directly to guest staterooms on the ship. The package will also include a lift ride from Virgin Miami Central Station to Port of Miami. There will be a train 
transport package and the fares may vary as well as the train tickets, the bags, all that stuff can change based on maybe uh, seasonality, but it will be a bundle nevertheless. MSC Cruises currently operates four cruise ships out of Port Miami, MSC Seaside, MSC Armonia, which sail year-round, and then you have the Divina, which sails seasonally, and the Meraviglia, which will join the ships sailing in Miami this fall. Man, the Meraviglia, how do I, I've heard so many different ways, the Meraviglia, the Meraviglia, the Meraviglia, I'm going to say Meraviglia. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to go with. Merivy, final answer. And they are, that ship looks, I mean, I don't know the experience on board. And yes, I always do want to sail on the seaside because of that back uh, condo looking kind of aft uh, area. But the Merivia, Merivilia, <laughs> that ship looks like it might be the perfectly built crew, the most perfectly built cruise ship. I definitely want to check out. It looks like they borrowed a little bit of uh, of the vision from the um, Royal Promenade. But then what they did was took the ceiling and made it an LED, which they borrowed or they probably didn't borrow that you know sort of like i'm just saying sort of like the carnival dreamscape on the vista class ships this thing is probably going to be i mean just breathtaking i know emma has cruised on it before i believe sherry from cruise tips tv has been on it before and i think doug parker has had a few reviews on the meraviglia and i think um yeah that thing's coming to miami currently Miami, the yes, I'm 45 minutes away from Miami right now. You're going to find me on that Meraviglia sooner than later, hopefully. Brightline is about to be uh, acquired. I don't know about what per level of percentage, but Virgin, yes, Airlines and Virgin Voyage is about to buy a certain portion of Brightline Railroad. And uh, that's going to be interesting. I want to follow that story because it's going to be interesting to see if the... Um, you know, if, if the partnership switches over, since Virgin is getting into the cruise industry with Virgin Voyages, why would it partner up with a competing cruise line? We'll see what happens there. We'll look into that a little bit further. All right, that's pretty much it. What we're going to do now is move it over to the main topic of the show. All right, so as I move back to the lovely sunny South Florida, obviously in uh, true fashion, in true fashion and tradition and moving, I kicked it off with a nice little cruise with four of uh, my very good friends. Shout out to Nicole, shout out to Chris, and the rookie of the year, Jonathan, who uh, did a marvelous job and held his own very, very well in his first ever cruise, had a great time. And uh, the ship of choice was the Navigator of the Seas. That's right, Royal Caribbean ship. And I guess before we talk about the details of the cruise, I think it may be, uh, be worthwhile to maybe give a little bit of the vital stats of the ship itself. Navigator of the Seas launched on January 25th way back in 2002 and what happened on that day that was a very significant day in this country because on that day in 1998 president at the time bill clinton appears on television multiple channels across many platforms way before the internet i'm sorry not before the internet before social media looked into the camera and said i did not have sexual relations with that woman i don't know man how was that uh Clinton impression, probably not too good, right? But he was talking to uh, the uh, infamous Monica Lewinsky. 
All right, so Navigator of the Seas is in a class of ships called the Voyager class. And this ship happens to be 1,020 feet long. I mean, isn't it amazing how long these ships are? Freaking three football fields long. Uh, More than that, it is a heavy ship, uh, 139,000 gross tons at double occupancy, which means if uh, everybody in those staterooms are just basically what they're supposed to be like, you know, there's two people in each inside room, two people in each balcony. If the suites are set up like they're supposed to, whatever designated number of people are set to be in those suites are in those suites as is. The ship can hold 3,276 people. Now, at fully booked, you know, some people, I've done it in the past, you put three and four people in the room, and uh, you load it up there. So if you're going to really load up this ship and put as many people on it as she can fit, it can go as high as 3,807 passengers. And you have a crew, they roll around pretty much usually with around 1,200 people uh, on staff. Now, this is a very large ship for her age. She actually spent a couple of years as the world's largest cruise ship from 2003 to 2005. Man, imagine that in a a, a world not too long ago where the navigator of the seas is the largest cruise ship in the world. (laughs) That's a long time ago, or at least uh, in ship years it is. In 2014, she underwent a dry dock and around 80 staterooms were added to the ship. So that was a pretty big deal at the time, but... In 2019, a couple of months ago, she went under the knife again, and that was as part of Royal Caribbean's Royal Amplified program. This was not just your average, you know, recarpeting and paint job situation here. This was a $115 million overhaul that basically kind of almost turned it into a whole new ship. Some of the highlights of the refurb that they did this time around were they remodeled the Lido deck, adding a whole new look to the bar and the pool area. The pool deck, um, I shouldn't call it the Lido deck. I was corrected on Facebook by uh, the world-famous Matt Hodgeberg of RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. He said, sir, excuse me. It is not a Lido deck on Royal Caribbean. It is a pool deck. And he was right. I was out of line for that. And I'll take that on the chin. They put in two new water slides. One is called the Blaster, the Aqua Coaster. It's actually the longest water slide at sea. Extends over the side of the ship, which again, like we talked about, makes me kind of nervous. You know what I mean? I really wasn't nervous about it until that... um, what was that? That globe, that virtual reality globe. It's escaping me what it's called, uh, the fun dome or whatever the hell it is. <clears throat> that guy, uh, his bungee cord snapped and he fell breaking his uh, pelvis, hip bone and whatever. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, we talked about it. You, you really get on these ex- uh, these these features on these cruise ships, on these excursions, on whatever, these these things that they, they build, you really do feel that, you know, there's no way you're going to get hurt. They've tried this thing over and over again. They've tested it out. It's uh, really foolproof. And next thing you know, a bungee cord is snapping. So who's to say what else is going to break down? It just makes you a little nervous. And it's a risk-reward thing. Like I said on the... Uh, on the last episode, I'm like, you know, you, you're, you're flowing through that thing. And, you know, sometimes they slow down. And if the water doesn't catch you right, because it's not always so steep. So sometimes they slow down. And that's, I mean, just picture that as a nightmare. You're you're off the side of the ship on the world's longest, <laughs> you know, water slide at sea. 
and you get a little stuck. Maybe you maybe you maybe your swim trunks fall off a little bit, and a little too much skin on your hide catches with the uh, plastic on the slide, and that creates a situation where you lose your momentum and you stop. And now you stopped, and who knows? Maybe a nut falls out. Maybe it wasn't maintained, and this whole giant mega structure off the side of the ship falls into the ground. I mean, I'm into the ground. <laughs> It'd probably be better if it fell into the ground, fell into the pier, because it would be quicker and more painless. But you already got water flowing through this thing. You're in a tube, and uh, the thing falls into the ocean. You're not getting out of that. The water's going to rush in from the ocean, and now all of a sudden you're drowning in a tube of death and fun. So, I mean, we talked about that before. Uh, It's just scary. I still would probably do it. You know what I mean? I, I the whole let the whole bungee thing ruin the whole experience for you, and you're never gonna do another ride again. No, I'd probably do it, but yeah, I'd be a little nervous. But you know, I would do it. They also have another slide. It's a faster and head first slide. It's tubular. the The first one you're on a you're on a raft. This one you're going head first, and it's a little steep, a little bit more of a thrill seekers uh, ride. They also added a bar in the royal promenade where it's a uh, hair dry bar now i've seen these uh splattered around about new york city the uh blow dry bar whatever it is this is this thing is um called to dry for and it's a little bit of take on that where you can get a blowout you get your hair done uh you know before you go out and they'll feed you some champagne and some cocktails while you do it and uh you know i don't know a little gimmicky but it seemed to have a lot of foot traffic going in and out of it they also added a polynesian themed bamboo room in the uh you know, in the in the, in the promenade, and they also added Playmakers Sports Bar. Playmakers is really cool. the 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 bamboo room is really really nice. It's got a cool layout. The decor is phenomenal. It looks like they spent a lot of time and care on it, and it looks like a real chill place to hang out. But it didn't seem to get too much action. And I guess that's the whole thing. You know what I mean? When you only have 2,000 people on a ship or 2,500 people on a ship, there's so much to do. What you are doing is thinning the herd a little bit. And, you know, some people are getting pizza. Some people are in the dining room. Some people are at a show. Some people are at other places. And the more bars and lounges, these little micro bars and lounges you have throughout the place, you know, depending upon which standpoint you're looking at, uh, it could be a good or bad thing. Like if you're looking to go out and find out where the crowd is and where the action is so you can meet people and you know maybe hook up or maybe make some new friends or whatever, it's kind of to your advantage to where it's a little bit more simplistic because you know where everybody's going to be, a la the Norwegian Sky. There was one nightclub on that ship, and anybody who was looking to get after it was going to be in that nightclub. You know, in this particular situation, you have a lot more choices, and I guess the bamboo room, as nice as it was, fell victim, victim to a little bit of that, and it didn't get a whole lot of love, at least on our sailing, despite how beautiful it was inside. Uh, you also had uh, Playmaker Sports Bar. Now, this, this was a popular place, had the TVs lined across. I mean, I'll say that always. I mean, you have all these sports bars that are at sea and, uh, you know, they're getting better and better as far as decor and layout and attractions within them. This one was great. You had the uh, uh, the shuffleboard with sand. You had the um, pool. You had foosball. You had a nice little kind of a real cool the high top setups, you had a owner's suite. If you came in with 10 or more people, you can kind of just hang out in like a VIP looking area. And it was 
totally lined with TVs. Now, the problem is, is just these cruise lines, they just don't catch up with what you want to watch. Oh, I'm going to the sports bar. Yeah, I'm real excited. I'm going to go watch Formula One racing in, uh, cro- what is it called? Croquet. Croquette? Not croquet. Cro- crochet? No, see, this is what was going on. We were trying to figure out croquette is the name of the sport that we were trying to figure out where you have the little hammer and you hold it like a golf club and you got to try to hit little pool balls through little spikes. Cricket. Cricket is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, tons of cricket. Man, as many cruises I've taken, I should be a freaking cricket expert by now, but uh, that's what they do. They show a lot of cricket. And yeah, you'll have your basic sports games. And if they're on, you know, you'll, you'll, you're you'll at, you're at the behest of whatever they're showing on regular TV uh, or Caribbean TV and whatever cable subscription they have. I just think that I wish that if you're going to spend so much time on the sports bars and, and amp up the sports bars so much, you should find a way probably to increase the satellite signal to where you can get, uh, you know, the major events that are happening in sports. Multiple basketball playoff games are on at once plus major league baseball you know even when you know i know they pipe in the super bowl but you know a sunday day of football you should have more than locals you should be able to get the fights on it if you can have a sports bar do a sports bar right or no speaking of signal man all these cruise groups it makes me laugh my ass off now i'm a tv guy i like television i like me a good show i don't know about you what do you do what are some of your favorite shows tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let me know. I want to find out what you guys are watching. Now, I just didn't get into Game of Thrones. You know what it is for me? And this is off-cruising topic. I just, I for me to get into a show, I got to be able to sink my teeth into the setting. I need to know where is this thing set? What era was it in? You know, is it a mob thing? Is it a, um, you know, a military thing? Is it a street type of thing? Like a, like a, whatever it is. I need to, is it, is it, is it a, is it a, is it a drug related thing? I need to see an era because usually there's a theme. And when you watch the show, you can kind of get a little bit of a learning experience about, you know, feeling like, oh, that's what it's like in uh, like Boardwalk Empire. Oh, wow. You could learn about what it was like in Prohibition. The Sopranos, a Jersey mob family. You get a feeling like, you know, inside. I don't give a crap about Dungeons and and Dragons in an era that never existed in a place that never existed. Now, having said that, I am a believer I'm completely convinced that this show is worth watching, and I'm completely convinced that I'm missing the boat by not watching Game of Thrones. However, it's just that's what gets me. Um, that that's what that's what keeps me off is just the fact that I can't sink my teeth into the setting. And uh, what I was going to say was how funny it is in these cruise groups to watch all these people writing about what am I supposed to do? This is awful. I have a cruise booked and I'm not going to be able to watch Game of Thrones on Sunday. Now I get it. I'm not one of those people that are going to be like, you asshole, you're going to watch Game of Thrones, excuse me, during a cruise. I'm not one of those guys. I'd be watching it too if that was my show. But to be pissed off about it, but to be like, major bummer here i saw that somebody wrote major bummer i'm not going to be able to no it's not a major bummer you're going on a cruise ship to the caribbean shut up asshole you know what i mean you can't call it a major a major bummer i'm sorry i called you an asshole uh anonymous person whoever you are but uh yeah you're wrong for that you're definitely wrong for thinking it's a bummer that you're gonna have to be on a cruise and you're gonna miss game of thrones it's called on demand 
tape it. Remember back in the day, used to VCR tape things? Did anybody ever, ever really figure out how to work that timer on a VCR tape? Yeah, you know the on-demand. That's easy. But how many times have you tried to tape a show and set the timer and it doesn't work? You get that big RCA remote out that's about four and a half pounds, and uh, you're trying to figure out how to get this freaking moving part thing with, a, you know, whatever it is. I don't know <laughs> to try to to try to uh, get it to tape. Where are we going with this, guys? Sorry, I'm back. I'm already off on tangents. Apologize for it. All right, what else do they have? Lime and coconut. Lime and coconut was our favorite place. Definitely love what they did with lime and coconut. It's a three level place, basically two levels with a rooftop. Starts on deck 11. You have some beautiful kind of uh, Caribbean-themed decor out there with some kind of, you know, artistic-looking fake palm trees and uh, some very, very comfortable seating area and some lounge area with some ottomans, cushioning, and things like that that are weatherproof. And then on the second deck, you have another bar. Uh, it's also a similar situation. Over Overhangs a little bit more than it used to. And you have a nice little platform. It's almost like feels like a deck, but you're looking, you're overlooking the pool. And then it also to the left of that, if you're facing the pool, you have a little bit of a, a little bit. You have a bandstand, and what's that's where the reggae band plays all day, and that's a really really cool vibe. Like I said, there's a bar there, and then you can go up one more flight of steps if you really really want to get close to the sun. You go up one more flight of steps, and you have a real kind of quiet rooftop rooftop observation area, and you can kind of check out, you know, the horizon or whatever port you're in. It gives you a really good, cool bird's eye view of the ship. Very, very nice place. I really enjoyed. We all really enjoyed lime and coconut. Great, great addition. Um, you know, if you want to take something away from it negative, yes, it does cut into the Lido deck a little bit. Um, you have a splash pad for the kids. They put that in place. They put a Johnny Rockets Express there as well as an uh, el loco fresh now if you heard me talk about this on uh doug parker's show it's a copycat league and you know what i'm getting over it it, it kind of bothers me a little bit that they all copy each other but then at the same time you know it doesn't ruin my day it's uh it was a it was it, that layout works flat out you know what i'm saying um so after you pass the pool and you're headed in towards the windjammer on either side of the entrance to the windjammer is flanked by a burger shop and a Mexican shop. So you got Johnny Rockets and you have El Loco Fresh, which is the mirror image of uh, Guy's Burger and uh, Cafe Iguana, Cantina, Iguana Cantina, whatever whatever it is. And I do get it. it. It is delicious and I do think it works. That layout works. I just sometimes wish they wouldn't copy each other. The only difference is it's a little bit of a broke-ass version. Guy's is better than Johnny Rockets, despite the fact that you have to pay for Johnny Rockets. And yes, uh, Iguana Cantina is better than um, a Loco Fresh. A Loco Fresh was good. I'm not saying either one of them, but bad. Johnny Rockets Burger is a good, solid burger. And uh, a Loco Fresh was a decent taco. The difference with a Loco Fresh is that Ca- Iguana Cantina is more like uh, actual kind of, it's a little bit closer to that Chipotle experience that you love where they just put all the ingredients on for you. It's more of a base model that you get at um, a local fresh and then you do most of your own fixings at the fixings bar itself very very good addition and it's amazing that they did that they were so bent on recreating that experience that they took that and they went away with one of their signature restaurants which was sabor there's no sabor it got replaced by hooked the seafood bar uh the seafood restaurant so 
big, big move there. I mean, getting rid of Sabor is, to me, loyal to royal people out there. There's a lot of you out there who just live and love, uh, love, love and live for Royal Caribbean. What do you think about the decision to take away Sabor and replace it with a taco stand at sea? Uh, let me know, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. So like I said, just mentioned you have Hooked, which is the restaurant that replaced Sabor down low. And they added a Jamie's Italian instead of Giovanni's. You know what I mean? Giovanni's was their longtime Italian concept. And, uh, you know, they replaced it because what better to replace good, authentic Italian food with some British guy from the Food Network? Who knows? So that's pretty much the basics of the ship and the uh, amped, uh, the Royal Amped program that they did. We'll touch on, circle back on a little bit of that in a little while. But uh, we picked this cruise based on the it being the original idea of the always be booked group cruise. That's what it was going to be. We were all going to get on this ship and it was going to be a four dayer test the waters to see if, uh, you know, we can get some people on it low committal. Cause it's only four days and it was a pretty cheap cruise. And we wanted to see what it left. You guys told me that, you know what, it was too short notice and we should do a seven dayer to make it real. And that's why people wouldn't necessarily be flocking towards this as a group cruise. We changed it. We canceled it as a group cruise, and then our buddy Chris, uh, Chris Decker, was still booked on it. So partially out of the fact that it was a great deal and partially out of the fact that it was guilt because we <laughs> we had somebody book it, we decided to book the cruise. Now, Chris Decker since had canceled the cruise, so whatever. It was still great. It was, you know, we, we, we unfortunately didn't get a chance to cruise with Chris, but we still had a great time, and we were not regretting that we booked it at all. After a crazy series of events. I ended up in Florida like I usually do. And like I said, the crazy events, if you want to hear them and that whole long story, uh, you can get that on the Patreon. I don't say that to tease it. You know what I'm saying? I say that it's just because it's a long story and that would, you know, we've already been off the cruising topic here a little bit and that would take us way off the cruising topic. But uh, like I said, the, the short version is, is the, the job was getting crazy. So for multiple reasons, it, it ended up being a good move, a move that I'm happy that I did. But at the same time, I'm also happy that I walked away from. It just ended up being, it, it was a win-win to be honest with you. So happy, happy that it happened. It was a rough go while I was there, which I will detail. But again, mostly for financial purposes, Purposes, it ended up being something that had to happen, and I'm glad that it did happen. Um, so I ended up in Florida. Uh, you know, the, the, I guess I got to include a little bit of this. So I had the bad knee; it was a mess. I was it was touch and go whether I was actually going to take this cruise, based on the fact that you know I, uh, I I was I was hobbling around, I was changing jobs, and this and that. Long story short, I ended up going on the cruise, and it ended up being a last minute decision that I was even able to go on the cruise so long story short i had no luggage <laughs> i come to florida with no luggage my intent was to go to walmart spend a hundred couple hundred dollars on uh maybe some uh walmart bathing suits and things like that and we're gonna kind of just shut it down and enjoy a relaxing cruise while i you know basically recover my knee so i get into town i go to walmart i'm stumbling around walmart with a with a with a shopping cart I thought the shopping cart was going to be a lot, a lot, a very helpful for my knee, but it really, really wasn't. It didn't do much. I got some crutches. Ended up back at the hotel. The hotel was really, really nice. They did a good job of picking the hotel. I think I still owe Chris like sixty bucks for that. Chris, I owe you sixty bucks for the hotel. Um, and uh, 
you know, they were out. When I got home, they were out. They were on the scene as it should be. Cinco de Mayo in Miami. And they were like, you know, come out, meet us out. I'm like, there's no way I'm meeting you out. I could barely walk. They get home. They see me. They're like, yeah, you could barely walk. You probably shouldn't be going on this cruise. You should be going to the hospital. So a few things happen. Fall asleep. Wake up the next day. Figure out how to operate the crutches that I just bought from Walmart. And uh, we go down to breakfast. Now, I'm feeling a little bit better. Not really a lot better. But most of the reason is because the crutches were kind of helping me out. I never used crutches before in my life, actually. And uh, once I got up the hang of them, they ended up working out and ended up being like a little bit of a... Um, you know, a, a ray of sunshine for me because like, oh, I could at least get around with these crutches. So we ate, we ate breakfast and then now we're ready to go to the cruise port and uh, we get an Uber and, oh, I have to uh, tell you about this. So Chris and Jonathan are in one room, me and Nicole are in the other room and uh, they did the whole thing where they invite you to upgrade. You know what I mean? If you want to do that, they send you that email and say, uh, if you'd like to bid on a, a balcony room, you can. I did, didn't think I'd get it. It ended up being $150 per person per for the bid. They told me that was a very poor bid, and I really had little to no chance of getting it. Here we are six days before the cruise. They notify me and congratulate me that I did get the upgrade. So the room was a balcony room, but it was a forward balcony. Have you guys ever been in a forward balcony? Now, the balcony had the redeeming quality. They're like, all right, well, we're going to give them a shitty balcony. We might as well give them a lot of space. So the balcony was almost maybe three quarters the size of the entire room itself. So that was cool. Plenty of room for activities. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, there was, you know, they had, there was, there was like four lounges out there, three tables. They had to like just put furniture out there to fill it up because it was like a cavernous balcony but the balcony the issue with the balcony was that you know you had a partition in front of you and even past the partition you look down and it's not the water it's the hull of the ship so you see in the front of the ship and uh you know you don't really get a good feel for the sea so you don't smell it you don't you don't hear it and but again you're outside you're in your stateroom so there wasn't a whole lot to complain about and I guess they were the least desirable balconies, hence the fact that I had a really poor bid, but I still got it anyway, and it was six it was six days left to go. So um, they were all charged up. They were ready to have a big, fun, exciting, drunken cruise. For me, it was about survival. I knew I was moving to Florida. I knew that I had to kind of get ready to go to work. I knew that it Probably the best thing for me to do, like even not by choice, I couldn't walk. So I was thinking maybe I would just have to kind of elevate my leg and kind of maybe partake in a couple of activities maybe that didn't require any walking. And I figured I'd be in the room or the lime and coconut bar for most of the cruise. But things things changed. So we were, we were upgraded, like I said. For an older ship, I have to say, the Navigator of the Seas is uh, a really, really nice ship. Um, they did kind of... It's filling a lot of stuff that would make it pretty crowded. We love the Royal Promenade as usual. I, I, it was a little smaller than the, well, a lot smaller than the Oasis class, but a little bit smaller than the Freedom class. The difference is is the fact that you know you have one level instead of two, so it's basically one, and there's just staterooms right above the first level of the Royal Promenade. One of the differences, an example of it being smaller, is the fact that you have Sorrentos, but then you have the uh, Cafe Promenade on on most of the most of the Royal Caribbean ships. The Navigator is a little smaller in that they combine those two venues in one, so you'd have to go into the um, Royal. I'm sorry, the Cafe Promenade, and that was be where you would get the pizza. And that was 24-7, and they always had that, and it was free, so that was cool. 
So we had the dreaded mustard drill. Right after that, we went right to the lime and coconut bar where we were off to the races. I mean, we, me and Nicole flirted with not getting the drink package because, you know, take this how you will, uh, ethical, not ethical, whatever it is. Um, they don't care, to be honest with you. And this is a little inside info. Royal Caribbean does not bat an eyelash. Uh, the bartender's for you passing drinks along if you have the drink package they're going to give you a drink if you go to the bar four minutes later and ask for another drink they're going to give you another drink especially if you tip same thing with norwegian they don't care either so i'm just watching this go on and just kind of thinking listen i know some people may judge you're not supposed to do this this is you know quote unquote technically like stealing you know uh you can make that argument and i'm kind of back and forth on it and I, I ended up we ended up buying the drink package just basically because of those ethical reasons, but at the same time also for convenience purposes. We didn't want to necessarily have to be stuck together the whole time if we were gonna to wanna to have a drink. But the reality is is that a lot of people do do it. If you're cruising with four people and you're getting two staterooms and everybody's over twenty one, really if you want to save money, only one of those staterooms has to buy the drink package because there's just no level of, um, I guess, monitoring whether or not you're passing drinks along. It's just happened to me. on, on the, When I went on a cruise with Beatrix, I didn't get the drink package because I knew we weren't going to drink that much. And uh, it was just odd. We met people and friends, uh, friends that we made on the ship. They had the drink package, and it would be nothing for them to just pass us drinks. And I didn't even ask for it. It was unsolicited. It was just like, what are you drinking? I'm like, I'm going to get a rum and coke. And I had my C-Pass out ready to pay for it. And he's like, I got you. Give me two rum and cokes or give me another rum and coke, he said, because he already had one. The guy didn't even bat an eyelash that he was most likely giving it to the person right next to him, which is me. And that's it. So I don't know. If you're Whatever it is, if you're comfortable with that, that's just something to keep in mind. Yes, we ultimately, you know, got our own drink package, and all four of us paid for the drink package, so that's what happened there. Um, what else do we have here? So, oh, another thing that you have to realize is, so, I, so this was the issue. We didn't have the drink package prior, but we were going to get it. We were going to test the waters, decide, and then maybe get it. So we decided that we were going to get it. Now, you guys all know what it's like on day one. Uh, on a cruise you (laughs) i mean it's a it's a cluster f everywhere especially on a ship like the navigator of the seas which if there is a complaint to it there is some flow issues so now you want to buy the drink package so i'm like oh she's i didn't even put money on my on my sign and sale card i'm thinking you know we'll get to that when we get to it no rush so i'm thinking now we have the mustard drill to contend with and we have to I have to put money on my sign and sale card so I can get the drink package. Now, that was a little daunting, so we have some work to do. Right after the mustard drill, we gotta get in line, we got a couple of lines we gotta get into to make all this stuff happen. Now what I did not know, and I don't know if you guys knew this, probably a lot of you did, and you're probably like Tommy, welcome to the party. Uh you get an automatic, if you don't put anything on your sign and sale card, if you put no money, no cash, no nothing, to alleviate the flow problems and to alleviate everybody rushing to the guest services desk, you have an automatic $300 floated to you. They start you off with 300 Now, of course, you're going to owe that 300 but 
they give you the 300 to spend or they put it on your sign and sale card before you even put a dime on it and that worked out good so i was able to buy the i didn't know that i asked around because i didn't want to wait in the line so i asked somebody who was walking by and one of the crew members just told me yeah you got 300 on there so just spend it and then come back here and fill it up later so that was the beauty of it i put uh you know it was only a four-day cruise so the drink package was like what one uh one one seventy each or something like that, whatever it was, one eighty each, um, and, and I put I so we purchased the drink package, and that was that was cool, and I ended up basically my bill for the cruise ended up being three hundred and four dollars, so they cut me off. I didn't get cut off till like the last day. Yesterday they started denying me from being able to buy things like coffee or whatever. So I'm like, all right, so I just won't get a coffee. And on the last day, uh, of course, that's another shit show at the line last day so i didn't want to do that so i woke up at 3 a.m on the last night of our cruise so that i can go down to guest services when i knew nobody would be there and i paid my 304 dollars and i was all done so that worked out great um you know me i'm just you know being up at 3 a.m is is nothing for me so it wasn't like a big deal for me to have to wake up and go down there at that point so by this point you guys know that i do not try to predict any cruise. I'd go with the flow, but based on my pre-cruise preparation and research, I really did look and I had a strong feeling that would we we would be spending a lot of time at the Lime and Coconut Bar. Like I said, the three levels, the tropical shade, they have shaded areas, they have non-shaded areas, right in view of all the action, they have the bandstand, the reggae band, and I was right. You know, that's where we kind of gravitated towards. I kind of kept it to myself. I did maybe mention it a couple times. I think that's our spot before the cruise. I said, I think that's going to be our spot. But that really ended up being our spot. So the first day, we just got a few drinks. We wrote it out and, you know, maybe uh, got a little stuff from the buffet and crashed out early. We just, you know, the travel day, everything else, you know. That's the other thing, too. You don't realize, you forget, this is a four-day cruise and, uh, thinking it's first day is the first day. You're like, oh, no big deal. You know, it's only day one. We don't have to go all out day one. But yeah, you know, four-day cruise, you probably should go out. You know, you probably should go all out first day. Um, So again, in the spirit of the four-day cruise, there's no sea days early. So boom, you wake up the next day, you feel like you go right from the muster station, and all of a sudden, you're at Coco K. K. I can't help myself from trying to stop as my 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 mouth wants to say just Coco K, but my brain is telling me it's supposed to say Coco Key. Uh, I gotta get over that, huh? So we wake up the day of Coco K, perfect day, Coco K. The knee was still rough, so I brought the crutches. Uh, the first thing we did was go up to uh, the Lido deck. Sorry, sorry, pool deck, and uh, we took some pictures because it's a beautiful visual from the ship. The side of the ship to Coco K. Uh, we uh, ended up going downstairs. We got off the ship, and then we ended up getting on one of those, uh, you know, those safaris that take you back and forth from the entrance to the ship, from the gangway to the actual entrance to Coco K. The funniest part was that there was a guy, and this gives a new definition to the word peer runner. Some weirdo. He was like, looked like he was just. You know, literally ready to go to war. It looked like he was in boot camp, no shirt on, shorts and sneakers. What this guy was doing while a bunch of tourists of varying degrees of age and weight just stumble off this ship going to have their perfect day at Coco Cay, this guy is in a dead sprint. Now, I'm not saying jogging. Now, he probably wasn't full sprint, but he was three-quarters speed sprinting up and down 
the pier. This is what this guy was doing. So I get it. You want to work out on your vacation. I like to do that too. More often than not. Go to the gym. Maybe go for a relaxing leisurely jog. This guy was in a full out sprint up and down the pier the whole time yelling at people. Move. Move. Out of the way. Out of the way. And it was funny because our driver, he just wasn't phased by it. He was just, you know, a bohemian native, it seemed like. I don't think he lived on Coco Cay, but he looked like a native of the Bahamas, had the accent and everything, at least in the Caribbean, Caribbean vibe or whatever. And he was just like, man, this guy's been doing this all freaking morning. All morning, this guy's running up and down, yelling at people to get out of his way. That is, I don't know about you, Cones. That just doesn't seem like much of a vacation to me. All right, so we ended up getting let off at the mouth of Coco Cay, where there's a giant water cannon and a beautiful sign that greets you on either side, flanking the actual pier. The left side says "Perfect Day," and the other side says "Coco Cay." You know, aptly aptly stated and placed right there. And then a water cannon shoots off every five ten minutes. You have to kind of get used to that. The first couple scare the crap out of you, and it's just kind of like a little bit of a visual effect. That uh, it's a nice little touch. Uh, we gravitated over towards the captain's uh, Captain Jack's bar. Um, we paid for some pr- fries, and we just started having some drinks there. Uh, now there was this entertainer there, this guitar guy that started playing, and it was just Nicole and me at this point. And we're listening to this guitar guy, and you ever deal with those guys that just have to? put their spin on the show. This guy takes his guitar, he's got a microphone, he's got a captive audience, and all he's doing is just, he thinks he's freaking Kevin Hart doing a stand-up comedy show. Starts playing a song, starts playing Margaritaville, stops. That reminds me, Margaritaville. How many people have been to a Margaritaville? And he just starts doing crowd work to the, to, to the crowd. And every time he starts getting a song going, for every freaking three-minute song he would play, we'd have to sit through 12 minutes of dialogue. Now, you're on an island in the Bahamas, so level of annoyance to me that it was that it was really impacting me, probably two out of 10. It was fine, but at the same time, we're just wondering, like, does this guy not know that all these people, hey, where are you from? What's your name? Who are you here with? Is that your wife? Oh, how long you been? Play a freaking song, bro, and uh. So that was it. So the guy did his thing, uh, and we were waiting for Chris. So Chris and Jonathan, now I've cruised with Chris before, and I know Chris. And uh, Chris did not necessarily, and Jonathan both, didn't cut it as early as we did the night before. Of course, first day, they're going to get it in wisely because it's only a four-day cruise. So they're gambling. They're running around to the nightclubs. They're drinking late. Now, I know Chris, like I said, he is not always the most early riser. I knew me and Nicole would be up way before them. So we get off the ship, and I figure, all right, we'll just kind of wait at the Captain Jack bar. And uh, when they start coming to, will they'll reach out to us. And uh, that's exactly what happened. So we were communicating mostly by Facebook Messenger. The uh, Wi-Fi did work on the uh, island itself. Chris woke up, brought Jonathan, and they just uh, met up with us. And then uh, we made our way slowly but surely over to the Oasis Lagoon. So there isn't really a whole lot to say other than that was one of the moments of 
absolute pure cruise bliss. Just chilling by that pool, relaxing, uh, meeting people, the swim up bar. Like I said, the leg was a little, uh, still a little rough, so I was able to elevate it, sitting in a bar stool, submerged in the water, and it was absolutely beautiful. It was gorgeous, and uh, we we were we were enjoying it. We were drinking a lot, and there was a lot of people around that bar drinking. And uh, as usual, as you would guess, nobody was ever uh, getting out <laughs> of the pool to handle their uh, bodily functions. And uh, that's what it is. I don't know what you guys think. That just if everybody's doing it, what do you think of it? Like where where do you stand on where do you stand? On peeing in the pool, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. You know, my thing on it, I said, is, uh, you know, you could get out and you could go wherever you want. I think one person, I'm not going to mention names, but they were uh, they were the classy one of the group because they were getting up and uh, they were going to the shower and peeing in the actual shower while they were washing off and then jumping back in the pool. I mean, as gross as that seems, that was the classy version. These people were peeing all over the place. So you tell me what you think. You're supposed to just sit there and get pissed on, or do you kind of take the whole, a good offense is, is a good defense? I don't know. Tell me what you think. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Have you ever peed in the pool? Are you completely horrified by the thought of someone peeing in the pool next to you? Well, let me tell you this. If you've been in a pool, it's happened to you. You know what I'm saying? When you're swimming around and that water goes from, you know, a nice, comfortable 75 degrees and all of a sudden you swim in a little bit of patch and you swim by a a 98.6 degree section of the pool, (laughs) you're getting peed on. It happens. I don't know what to tell you. So let's talk about this island formerly known as Coco Cay. Well, I guess it still pretty much is, but now it's the perfect day at Coco Cay. Uh, while we are talking about refurbishments and the $115 million of refurbishments that were put into the Navigator of the Seas, Coco Cay looked at that and said, hold my beer. And they proceed to take on a $250 million refurbishment to its already popular private destination. Um used to be it was Labadee for all the action and the bells and whistles and Coco Cay for the real relaxation. Uh, not anymore. Here are some of the highlights of Coco Cay. So the experience really starts, like I said before, when you just look at it from the top of the ship. Beautiful view, beautiful colors. Like when I'm looking at an island from the ship, usually what I want to see is texture. I want to see mountains. I want to see kind of like cool little buildings up in those mountains. I want to see, you know, a bustling metropolis below. I want to see sailboats in the little harbor. Those are the things I want to see. You get none of that at Coco Cay. It's completely flat, but they did make it visual, visually appealing, and you can check that out. I just put a post up on Instagram, uh, Tommy. Uh, I'm sorry, just look up Instagram, always be booked, and uh, you can see that picture, and you can kind of get a feel for what it looks like off the side of the ship looking back at Coco Cay. What you have is, and then, like I said, you have the sign, the view, the colors, and then the water cannons, and then you come up on Thrill Water Park. Uh, Thrill Water Park is uh, has Daredevil's Tower and a bunch of other slides at various heights, lengths, and speeds, and things like that. Uh, they have a peak called Devil's Peak, which at 135 feet is the tallest water slide in North America. Look at you, Coco Cay breaking records here uh there's also a ropes course uh that's in the water sort of there's a um splash pad things like that just a kind of cool little area it's like a, a water park that you could pay for we'll go over pricing in a minute 
uh, you have Oasis Lagoon. And Oasis Lagoon is the largest pool in the Caribbean. It's got the swim-up bar, and it's got zero entry zones. Do you guys know what zero entry zones are? That's right. It's just like a beach. Uh, you know, typically in a pool, you just kind of climb the ladder or you dive right in. They have an area where you're just basically walking. And uh, like the beach into the sea, you uh, gradually get deeper on a ramp type of a scenario, and you're ultimately eventually up you know, chest water or you know neck neck deep in water. So uh, they have a wave pool. They have a zip line course that goes around the entire island. Uh, the beach breakdown goes like this: there are three main beach areas, and. Uh, Here's one of the main reasons I think Coco K beats out Labadee ultimately, because after this transformation, I think the attractions in general are fairly comparable. I don't think one of them blows away the other. Uh, I think there's a little bit more Coco K might edge it out with attractions now. But in general, I think Coco K is just so easy to navigate. Everything, you don't have to take any safaris anywhere. You don't have to get in cars. You don't have to hitchhike. You kind of walk around every single thing on Coco K. Is very centrally located in very much walking distance, including the beaches. So you have South Beach, and that looks like a, it looks like it's a little bit of a, a a mellow situation. You have your barge bar. There'll be some uh, water sports there, I think, as well. And then uh, if you walk right past the jetties, you're gonna come upon Coco Beach Club, and I think that's like a little bit more going on over there. It's a little bit more upscale. You have a pool there, its own pool. You have a shaded area with some tables. You have uh, some beach beds. Man, I don't know. What are your thoughts about beach beds? (laughs) Even the ones on the cruise ship. I mean, they actually have fabric mattresses out there. You're just laying on on a cushioned mattress that's sitting out there. There's a lot of people just laying around on them. And, uh, I don't know. For me, that's a little too much biology to be rolling around in. What do you think? Um, but that's Cocoa Beach Club. They also do have, that's where they have those over-the-water cabana, like hut-type things that you see on the, those pictures uh, on the screensavers with uh, Bora Bora, uh, where the Kardashians go to vacation and things like that. Uh, they, you can rent them out. They're very expensive. It's a really, really nice touch to the area. But, you know, as you'll hear in a few minutes... You're going to pay for them if you want them. Then you continue on to Chill Island, and that looks to be another quiet, calm area. I think you could do some snorkeling over there and stuff like that. Uh, It's nice. Just really, really nice. Three separate beaches, three different types of feels to the beaches. And uh, then you got your food. Who's hungry? Let's talk. Let's talk food. Let's talk drinks. Um, This is where they really separate themselves from Labadee. Labadee, as you guys know, they have the lunches served situation, and you catch that window for lunch, and that's when they give it to you, and that's when you eat. You know what I'm saying? Complimentary, and it's good quality, but that's what it is. Here they have four different places. So you have um, the Chill Grill, which is complimentary, Labadee style. You have Skipper's Grill, which is also complimentary. And then you have a Snack Shack, which is complimentary as well. But at Captain Jack's, they have wings and fries and a little bit more, uh, I guess, creative burgers, some creative options for you. And that is a la carte. You have to pay uh, a price for those. Very, very reasonably priced, but you still have to pay nevertheless. Nicole, how about that? So there's four places to eat on the island, and we... uh, we went to the one place to eat where you actually have to pay. Good news, as always, the drink package works. Your internet package works. So let's talk about what you do have to pay for on Coco K. So 
the experience as a whole is uh, you have the uh, the overwater cabana, like I mentioned, the Bora Bora style situation, and it holds eight, but it's priced at fifteen hundred ninety nine dollars during peak season. So I guess you'll be able to get a little bit of a break off season, but eight people. Uh, fifteen ninety nine. So I guess that's about two hundred dollars a person, and you can kind of sit on one of those things. I mean, it's it, it, they really do look gorgeous. The price of Coco Beach Club Overwater Cabana includes admission to the beach club that has a complimentary restaurant, an exclusive beach, a beach clubhouse, and other amenities. I guess we'll wait to hear what those amenities are because all it says is other amenities. Cabana rentals that don't include the beach club or water park admission start at $299 and go to $569 depending on the season. Uh, Royal Caribbean uh, has a huge water park there as well, like we talked about. There are a total of 13 slides, and access to that uh, water park will be a pay-one price uh, amount of either 44 to $99 and again uh, for the full day and that's based on seasonality the fluctuation between those two prices or $39 to $74 for a half day and uh, kids who are three and under will be admitted for free everyone else pays that uh, that full price again based on seasonality there is a 1,600 foot zip line, uh, and it'll cost anywhere from $79 to $139 to ride. And like I said, that is a little bit of a, 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 a zip line tour around the park, around the island. And, uh, you know, if you wanted to get a combo package with the water park and the zip line, they offer that anywhere between $99 to $179, again, based on what time of year. I think that's weird. I don't think they should base it on based it on what time of year it is. I think this is cruising again. In general, we're getting away from what we like to cruise for, that all-inclusive pay-one-price thing. I get you have to charge for certain things, but now you have to fluctuate it as per the time of year. I think that's a little bit much, but who the hell am I? Another attraction that Coco K has is the helium observation balloon called Up, Up, and Away. Uh, it goes... Uh, as, far, as high as 450 feet, it is tethered, thankfully, otherwise you wouldn't get me anywhere near it, and it's priced with a wide range. <laughs> it goes from $39 to $99, and uh, children 4 to 12 get charged $24 to $64, again, based on what time of year it is. The upscale, oh, and by the way, update to that, I think they raised the prices of that because, um, I don't know. Helium prices or whatever, I think there's something to do with that. The upscale Cocoa Beach Club will be similar, similarly priced at $54 to $99 to adults and $34 to $69 for kids. There will be, There is a, also a private-themed uh, restaurant called Captain Jack's, uh, and like we talked about, the pricing is a la carte. But the food is good. Even the fries, all I got was a simple thing of fries because I knew I was going to do some drinking. I wanted to make sure I didn't go a full day on an empty stomach, and the fries were good. They give you cool little dipping sauces, and, uh, you know, at least if they're going to charge you a la carte, they're going to give you a, um, you know, a decent price for it. So after Coco K, we powered through, we continued drinking, and then we hit up the late night buffet, which was delicious, at least for me. I loved the Jamaican setup that we had. Uh, they had oxtail, they had chicken curry, they had jerk chicken, beans and rice, vegetables, things like that. It was absolutely delicious. And then you know what? That was a long day, 
of boozing and doing nothing. So what did we do? We crashed. I think Chris and Jonathan did stay up, but Nicole and I kind of just, we were done and it was over. Uh, the next day was Nassau. And uh, as I woke up, it was really, really strange. My knee felt so much better. Uh, I hopped out of bed feeling great. Although I do love Nassau, my original plan was uh, to stay on the ship. Mostly because, yeah, I had been to Nassau a bunch of times. Also because the knee was going to be barking at me the whole time. And because since the ship was kind of crowded, I really did want the chance to experience it when it wasn't crowded. But two things that turned that around. The knee felt great. And we had cruise royalty in town. That's right. We figured out that the godfather, cruise radio founder and CEO, Doug Parker, was going to be in Nassau. And we decided to meet up with him at Senior Frogs. Um, also on this sailing was Dwayne and Marty, a couple of uh, friends slash listeners. And uh, we met them the first day. We saw them in the uh, the uh, what was it the uh, English pub and kind of stayed in touch with them throughout the ship. And they were a blast as well. So we had a... A, a really, really cool day there. So we, we, we all rallied together at Senior Frogs. Uh, another shout out to King Marty for recommending the Never Say Never Again bar, which is a nice, classy kind of bar uh, offshoot from Senior Frogs that goes out into the uh, into, into the water a little bit. And it kind of is like a little bit of a barge. And um, we had a great day all day there hanging out with Doug, his buddy Richard, and everyone else we actually had some audio recorded i did uh get a chance to you know turn the mic on and catch up with doug doug had a couple of drinks but apparently doug had a lot fewer drinks than me as you'll soon hear now again i'm going to disclaim this if you like you know if you're one of those people that likes your radio hosts to uh or your podcast hosts to be uh coherent and sober and uh not screw things up and get all their facts right and be able to talk normally when they're a little bit intoxicated you know what this interview may not be for you because i will tell you from the minute i turn the mic on you will hear that i am an absolute disaster for this and uh <laughs> I do apologize for those who uh, don't appreciate that and say you're welcome for those of you who will be entertained by it. But here's a quick little uh, five or uh, uh, ten or minute or so segment with the legendary Doug Parker live from Nassau. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, always be both cruise podcast. We are here with the legendary Doug Parker. As usual, we're in the beautiful part of the uh where are we nassau having a nice time and uh you know interesting spot interesting piece to i guess the chips that are in nassau right now it's like a refurbishment palooza we have the uh navigator of the seas we also have their sister ship which is the mariner of the seas all part of the amped 2.0 situation but then Maybe the most celebrated is the Carnival Sunrise, which maybe you might have known as the Carnival. What is it? What was it? Triumph. Triumph. That's right. We're here with Doug Parker, and uh, he's on the Triumph. And uh, Doug, how are you today? This is a great place, man. What is this called? The Always Be. What is this bar called? Always be the Always be The Always Be Never Be Heard From podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Always Be Who Knows What. But uh, we're talking about the. Um, Sunrise, sunrise that used to be the triumph. How's it going up there? How is it? Is it? Is it? Is it really a new ship? It is. First off, before we get to the sunrise and all that nonsense, um, 
shout out to Marty because he recommended this place, and this is like the Bora Bora. King Marty. Yeah, like poor man's Bora Bora here in Nassau, Bahamas. So, spot on, right outside Junior Frogs, Hilton Colonial next door. Um, Chris talking to the GoPro a couple feet from us. Yeah. Uh, if Chris didn't tell the GoPro to do it, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but Sunrise is good, man. It's yes. It was Carnival Triumph uh, in February. It did its last sailing from New Orleans, and now it's doing a... Uh, it's Carnival Sunrise. $200 million later, new venues and sailing out of Norfolk, then Manhattan, and then going on the Port, Cana- uh, Port Everglades. So Carnival's doing that a little bit. They basically made... They're turning older ships into new ships. And you know what? They're putting the money in there, putting their money where their mouth is. What are the, some of the things that on Carnival Sunrise that are legitimately different than they were from the Triumph? A lot. Um, I actually, I'm doing a video on that, but there's 21 different changes. Everything from like, you know how carnival triumph had like the spa carnival or whatever it was called the cheesy spa up top and now it's like the cloud nine with the thermal suites that's up there um the italian restaurant which is cucina del capitano that's on deck number 10 on the lido deck marketplace so like you walk up the stairs on some carnival ships and it's like a second deck of lido well this is cucina up there um they actually made the main dining room the middle one smaller and they made part of that fahrenheit 555 Steakhouse. The steakhouse. Best steak and see. Yeah, totally. 18-ounce cowboy cut. Um, $38 at time of recording. Um, also, chef table. I, mean, I say that because they could go up again. Who yeah, knows, absolutely. right? Um, what else do they have there? The chef table is actually part of the kitchen now, kind of like they have on the Vista class ships. That's a change. Um, just a little of this, a little of that. The staterooms now have USB, four USBs, not just two, four. Two in the vanity and two by the bed. Uh Two captain suites, 850 feet, 850 square feet each, which is like the scenic ocean view views with a big, you're above the navigational bridge, so the bridge is on deck eight on this ship, and the captain suites are on deck number nine, and there's two mirroring each other, port and starboard side. Just a, a ton of changes, man. I mean, $200 million will get you a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it sounds like, in general, just like that they have really brought a different level of cruising, a different level of experience to... And you know what? Good for them. They put it in a Norfolk. You know what I mean? Like, people in Norfolk are now going to get, like, an A1 experience. And what are the sailings? Are they pretty much seven days? Yeah. So, I mean, what does Norfolk see normally? Aircraft carriers, right? I mean, there's yeah. nothing but a big military base there. But so they're getting some sailings here, um, I think, four with yeah. Sunrise. And it's going to Manhattan. Yeah. And then once it goes from Manhattan back down to Florida, it's going to go to Norfolk again for a couple more cruises. Um, what was the question? No, the question is, as we have so many drinks, as we as we as we well deserve. Like, listen, like, just look around. Like, (laughs) people of the sea, listen. We're staring at Junkano Beach. We're staring at a bunch of cruise ships, and we're having a nice time. There's been Jim Beam. There's been tequila. We're having a nice time. The question is, as we're just gonna board the ship, that is now the Carnival Sunrise. Are the people going to enjoy it? that much more than they did the Triumph. Heck yeah, I think so, totally. I, I, I sailed Triumph, one of the sailings in the last six months of its time, and it definitely needed some TLC. Remember, remember Triumph was yes. the, the, yeah. the poop cruise or whatever back in February of 2013? Was it the poop cruise? Yeah, yeah, they called it the poop cruise, right? Yeah. When Triumph yes. broke down. Yes, yes. Valentine's Day, actually, of yeah. uh, 2013. Yep. Um, 
so yeah, they Sunrise now they I guess hoping to get rid of that name and the tarnished reputation. Yeah. But I mean the ship is actually a new ship. Like you walk into it and yeah, there are some like I I'm a ship geek, right? So I recognize some of the little things that are were still there from yeah. Triumph. Where unlike Sunrise, when they transformed it from Destiny to Sunrise, they made it a whole new ship. They like yeah. gutted down to the frame. Here they they didn't do that much. Like there's still little pieces of art or like the the globe in the main atrium is still the as same. As far as yeah, the base is something. Yeah, the ship, yeah, but like the biggest thing I thought was cool. Not the biggest thing, but I I love coffee. I'm always jacked up on caffeine and whatever. The library, which was an old school like mahogany and everything library, now turned into a co- straight up coffee shop. The Java Blue Cafe with doors and seating for like if you want to work or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So there was just so many changes on this ship that. Yeah, well deserved changes. No, I got you. I'm like noticing the same thing because I'm on a refurbished ship as well right now. It's uh, the uh, I said shipped. I think a refurbished shipped. Meanwhile, it's a ship. I've noticed the same thing, and it's such a copycat league. I'm noticing how well Guys Burgers did, and I'm knowing noticing how well Blue Iguana Cantina did, and I'm noticing that Johnny Rockets and El Fresca Tacarita El Loco. Just, right. So I just made up a name okay, of something. That's fine. that's fine. Yeah. So I made up, made up a name of something. That's fine. But they basically Royal Caribbean took what Carnival did, and they made sense out of it. it, it, it I mean, man, when, when these cruise lines are competing with each other, they're noticing what works, what doesn't work, what's 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 making news, what's not making news, positive or negative. It's just driving competition up, right? I mean, I think that's what's that's what's best for everybody, right? I think it, the whole industry is very incestuous. Like, Mark Tamis was the director of guest operations or something like that, hotel operations at Carnival. And then Royal got headhunted him. They got him. He's working at Royal now. And Jim Bear is their chief marketing officer at Royal. He was at Carnival for years. So, you know, everyone's kind of, yeah, I guess you would say copying each other. Like, it works, right? You walk into the Lido or Windjammer Marketplace. And the port side is whatever it is on Navigator on this side, and then the starboard side has this. And then the, the Windjammer, the buffet, it works because someone will stop there while other people will, will keep walking to the buffet and get their food. So it's a good separation of keeping people separated in different areas, I think. Yeah, totally. But we duly noted that, right, uh, Dwayne, the, um, the uh, Johnny Rockets that is on... Royal Caribbean Navigator of the Seas. They are still charging, though, right? So you can get a nice guy's burger for free, and they are going to charge on the Johnny the Johnny Rockets Express. But some ships, and you would know more than me, but they, some ships have a Johnny Rockets Express. Is that the same as Johnny no, Rockets? This is Johnny Rockets Express, okay. but you still they're still charging, right? Yeah, okay, they are. So yeah, so I mean, from a physical standpoint, from a layout standpoint, it's similar. It's the same way, but. Um, yeah, the only difference is is that El Loco fr- uh, Burrito Express, what's it called? El Loco. El Loco. Uh, it's they're free, but the Johnny Rockets you have to pay for. But just from a layout standpoint, yes, the guy and the guys. The, whoa, we have breaking news here. Liberty's bra- Liberty's backing out. Yeah, they just threw the lines off. They just threw the lines off, and Liberty's breaking out of Nassau right now. But all right, so I'm gonna let you go, Doug. The last question I have for you is: When is the last? When is the last "Always Be Both" podcast even come out? You know, it's a question I've been asking myself for uh, years. It seems like years. It's really only been forty something days. 
but I'm hoping by 2020. We talked earlier today. We seem to work some things out. Um, the investment money will be coming soon, pretty coming through pretty soon. So let's hope in the next you know week or two. Bow drinks, cones. All right, again, that was Doug Parker. We're back in the studio now. Hope you enjoyed that, whether it was entertaining or uh, whatever. <laughs> it was something. It was there. All right, we ended up back on the ship. We did the MDR for dinner that night. Um, it was okay. We then gambled a little and then basically headed into our final day at sea. Uh, woke up, started having some drinks, as usual, at the Lyman Coconut Bar again. Now, on this particular sailing, this is a point of note here, there was a gentleman who you may or may not have heard of. His name is Super Mario, and he's been featured in a lot of pieces. He's got a New York Times piece about him. And this guy, 20 years ago, started sailing on cruise ships, particularly Royal Caribbean cruise ships, and that's where he lives. He dedicated himself to a life at sea. He's a uh, a, a Cuban-American gentleman who... Uh, had a, realized a lot of success in a, with a with a with a, you know, in a financial planning corporation, and uh, did very very well. It was finance something with finance. He was in the financial field some way or another. Now he retired at an early age because he did very very well for himself, and then started his own business that was location independent. So he started a financial planning business on board, and that's kind of what he does. But he does that from Royal Caribbean cruise ships and he's been doing that for 20 years it's something like 80,000 miles something like that I'm not really 100% sure but this is the life he lives uh, he seems very very happy he seems to enjoy it and yeah he gets a lot of notoriety he's featured at a lot of dinners he's uh, he's a pinnacle member so he gets a lot of benefits they introduce him at every chance they get and on this particular sailing on the navigator of the seas he has his own cabana he has like a little bit of a hut where they kind of uh have his uh, almost like a nameplate up there it says what his name is it says who he is and it's kind of roped off and he kind of has his own little little piece of real estate on the cruise ship uh very smart marketing by royal caribbean and uh god bless super mario i think he's uh He's living the life that a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us would like to live. And uh, we also were lucky enough to get a chance to catch up with Super Mario. So we'll play that audio for you right now as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tommy, host of the Always Be Both Cruise podcast. We are sitting here with probably the most famous cruiser at sea. And his name is Super Mario. He needs no introduction. Mario, welcome. Thanks for coming on for a second. Thank to you. Absolutely. So we're in a nice little setup here on the uh, Navigator of the Seas. How long have you been on the Navigator? I'm starting my uh, six-month cruising season on the Navigator. This will be my third cruise out of 53. Okay, so you will be. uh, What do you think of her so far? I I think she's a beautiful ship. They did a lot of good things on her. They put a lot of new venues in terms of restaurants and uh, uh, amenities and... uh, you know, they put the slides and they put the uh, they put uh, new pool deck, new new uh, jacuzzis. So yeah, they've done a pretty good job with her. Now, I've seen you before. I've seen a couple of your videos. It, it seemed like you are a real big fan of the Freedom class ships, right? That is correct. My Freedom class is my favorite class. Yeah, yeah. So far, I would have to agree. I was on the Oasis too. Beautiful, but a little big. This, I don't know. What do you think? I I really love the changes that they made. It does feel a little crowded. No, maybe you know. I think you're right. I think it does feel a little crowded. Uh, they're trying to get as many people here as possible. They probably put in another 100 cabins. Yes. Yeah. 
so it does feel crowded, yeah. So we're here with Super Mario, and like I said, uh, he is starting a six-month tour on the Navigator, Super Mario, and how long have you actually been at sea doing this? Actually, uh, it's pretty scary. I've been uh, cruising now for 23 years. I mean, I could tell you right now, I, you, an idol of mine, because I would, you could, some people say, hey, you know what, maybe you get a little bored, lonely out there. You could sign me up for that in, in a few years from now. I would love to do it. Now, you're seeing a lot of it happen a little bit here and there. You're seeing, you know, this one retired on this ship, or this one's doing 10 years here. What are the, some of the maybe drawbacks to living on a cruise ship full-time? Oh, there are many, many drawbacks. Uh, I'll give you a, a few of them. Uh, you need to worry about family. Yes. I mean, if you're married, which I'm not, you have to agree with your spouse to do it. Yes. <coughs> and there may be some disagreement yes. between the two parties. Then you have to worry about do you have children or even worse, grandchildren yes. or pets yes. or uh, there may be some medical issues, yes. health issues. Uh, then, then the money factor comes in. Then uh, you have to have a plan. You know, where are you going to cruise from? What ships are you going to cruise? What regions of the world? Uh, how are you going to, are you going to keep your home on land? Are you going to keep your car? Uh, what about your mail? What about your laundry? What about your prescriptions? It takes a lot of planning. Yeah. yeah. So you can't just, yeah. So some people say, well, you know what? This sounds like a good idea. Let's just, you know, sell the car and go on a cruise ship. A lot more preparation goes into it, right? A lot more than that. You just don't turn on the switch right. and say, we're going to go live on a cruise ship tomorrow. You need to have a, a really, a very uh, detailed plan of how you're going to cover all those bases. And then, you know, you may find out that it's not for you. And then you, you got to do a test. Yeah. What you do is like, like any company that brings out a product, they do a test market. So you test market yourself on a cruise ship. Start three months, then take a break, then stop the action. Then if it works out, make an adjustment, whatever adjustments you need to make, then do six months and go phase into it makes sense i think i got a feeling that's just going to start to happen here and there a little bit more as people like you get more notoriety one more question i do have is you've been everywhere you've seen it all i'm sure in a lot of cases you don't even get off the ship a lot of times in some of these ports what are just give me a couple of your absolute favorite ports and some destinations that you still do they're still good enough to get you out of bed and get you off the ship a little bit for well for me it's easy uh i do i'm a scuba diver okay so in the caribbean my favorite diving place by far, it's Cozumel. It's a beautiful, most beautiful place in the world to dive. In Europe, I'll tell you Barcelona, Spain. It's my favorite city. And uh, in Asia, Hong Kong. Okay, that's the top three. Yeah, yeah. Mary, I want to thank you for uh, giving us a couple of minutes. You're an inspiration to me and a lot of other people out there who like to cruise. And uh, definitely uh, appreciate the time. No problem. All right, that was Super Mario on board Navigator of the Seas. Hope you enjoyed that. So after we got done with that, we continued to walk around the ship a little bit. We never did get to do the water slides. We got to get back on that ship, man. But uh, we did walk around. We <clears throat> we saw them. We kind of toured the ship a little bit more. Checked out the uh, ice skating rink down below, uh, Studio B, I believe it's called, and uh, you know some of the other features in the ship. And kind of walked around, got to know the ship a little bit. We went back up to the 
buffet, uh, the windjammer, and I couldn't help but notice when we were on our way out that the, they have a new thing with the washy-washy guys. I don't know how long the washy-washy thing is going to last because I think you can make the uh, argument that it's a little bit racist. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I just have a little bit of a, you know, the guys just yelling washy-washy, washy and then you get the whole cruise ship, um, you know, culturally appropriating the washy-washy guy and repeating it after him in his same accent so it's a little bit weird i don't i'm not offended by it i'm just saying in this new world we live in i could see where uh some people could kind of maybe get upset by it and start kind of starting petitions over the washy-washy thing who knows but they added a new component to washy-washy now this guy is a, a guitar player and a singer and he must know 3,586 songs and what he does now is play the guitar and play these songs but incorporate washy washy into the lyrics of every song so he plays like the chorus quick little sort chorus maybe a 25 second uh you know excerpt of each song and then move on to the next song so it's almost like a giant long washy washy remix with with an acoustic guitar I noticed when we were coming out this one time that uh, the guitar was just laying there and he was standing there, I guess maybe on break or whatever, not too far away from the guitar, but I didn't see him there. So I picked up the guitar and I started playing La Bamba and he jumps in and starts singing washy washy version of la bamba and then he starts dancing behind me so we had like a little duo moment there and it was pretty enjoyable we had a little mini crowd gathered around chris caught that on the video uh, a brief segment of it it went on longer than he had it for but you know he instructed the gopro to take a video and it listened like it did all trip and he uh and he got a little footage of that and you can catch that on always be both cruises ultra lounge on facebook um what else? Other highlights? Oh, so we're hanging out at the Lime and Coconut Bar, relaxing, and then there was this crew of cruisers that, you know, we just admired. There was, uh, the band was playing, and the songs that they were playing were kind of like chill-out, kind of reggae-ish kind of songs, but you couldn't tell that to this non-English-speaking group of Brazilian people because they were literally partying and dancing in their speedos, jumping up and down pogo style, fist pumping to like basically modest Caribbean reggae music as if it was DJ Tiesto in a, you know, live nightclub at 3 a.m. and they were rolling off uh, off a molly. It was out of control and they kind of brought the whole Lido deck. We sat there and for once where we're a lot of times being the people that are people uh, staring at because we're having so much fun, we were sitting there with our drinks, watching this group of like mix of you know men and women, about nine or ten of them deep, just jumping up and down, taking over this Lido deck, and we were loving every second of them. We had the passion that they were dancing with, the amount of alcohol that they were consuming, the level that of good time that they were having. That was again another version of cruise bliss because just living vicariously through them and watching them. And taking a break from being the participants from it for a little while was really, really enjoyable to see. So that was that was phenomenal. And that was followed right up by they got that uh, World Sexiest Man competition going. And, uh, yeah, like five or six of them entered 
into the competition and they were hysterical and all that is is basically you get four women to sit on the edge of the pool and judge and then you get about 10 guys together and they basically dance to whatever song the dj plays and whatever who has the best moves or who has the best vibe or whatever it is someone is going to be deemed the cruise ship's world's sexiest man and it was about eight brazilians that entered and a guy from uh, Miami and I think a guy from Brooklyn that were in it. And one of the guys, I think the guy from Miami wanted, but everybody was all in good fun. Everybody hugged it out afterwards. And the Brazilians got back to their regularly scheduled crazy Lido deck party. And that was one of the highlights of the cruise. It was it was a, it was a great time. Um, oh, those pool bounces, they're out of control. You know the pool bounces? They're in red. They have the little life preserver thing on or the... Uh, you know the the life pr- protector there. Where they, it's so funny because you see them on Royal Caribbean ships. I think that whole you know thing is about a year and a half, maybe coming up on two years old now. The life. I think we were on the lovely Miss Kay and I were on the first ever lifeguarded Oasis of the Seas cruise, and uh, that was probably coming up on two years or right around two years. And um, I just call them pool bouncers because they look so angry and they look so like protective, but they, and it's awkward too, because a lot of times they're wearing those like, um, large hats that cover your whole shoulders and neck and everything. And they look kind of like, like they're almost ready for war rather than ready to save lives. But on this particular cruise, there was one of them who was literally, and I don't know what the psychological thing was here because he looked like a raving lunatic. But at the same time, I also see where he was coming from. He had like literally uh, footwork. He looked like he practiced his footwork. And what he did was his shift, when he came on his shift, he stared intensely at every human being in the pool. And he had water shoes on, but he was navigating himself around the edge of the pool, back and forth, splashing around, doing like tightly coordinated turns, back, front, looking. And even when he would turn, he would like look over his shoulder aggressively. It was almost like a choreographed dance. And he did this for his entire shift. And it was a sight to see, man. And then you know what? We were thinking, okay, this guy is just an over-the-top pool bouncer because it looked aggressive. It didn't look like something that was... But then we kind of just like tried to engage him a little bit. And it's like, well, dude, what what's going on? Are you where's the where's the fire? Like, what's going? And he was playful about it. He was like smiled and laughed about it. And he's like, yeah, he he kind of like had a moment with us and laughed with us. But he went right back to aggressively aggressively manning that battle station back and forth. I thought he was going to fall. I thought he was going to trip. Uh, you know, and there was never an emergency. There was never anything remotely resembling an emergency. But I, I don't know if I could create the visual. I don't know if Chris got any footage of it uh, with the waterproof GoPro or not. But it was just a, a crazy sight to see. Um, all right, some more general thoughts. Love the ship. Like I said, it was overcrowded a little bit, in my opinion. Um, did get room service two out of the four nights. Uh, it was looked to be around $8 per item or so. Uh, embarkation and disembarkation were an absolute breeze, mostly probably because of the ultra-efficient check-in procedure that Royal Caribbean has, along with the new structure, uh, Terminal A, get you right in, get you right out. The TV programming is weird, like we talk about. I mean, like, you know, you have the cricket, and you have, uh, for whatever reason, on this sailing, why would you be on a cruise ship 
and have to watch the Poseidon Adventure, whatever it was. You know the new one that we talked about uh, about six or eight months ago, but the original one with Gene Hackman and everybody, they're showing a cruise ship flipping over from a tidal wave on the TV on a cruise ship. I don't know. And then when we were waiting to go to Nassau too, they played uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven or something like that. It was like you had the whole Lido deck crying over this dog narrating. I'm like, to tell me, yeah, the dog narrates the uh, movie. I'm like, how does the dog, what is he barking? I don't get it. So I didn't see it. I kind of was like late coming out. But I get out there, and everybody's all bummed out because they're showing this movie that's like this uh, dog movie that's a, that's a tearjerker. I don't know. So the programming was a little bit weird, but it is. And besides that, other than that, it was basically just superhero movies just like it is in all the other theaters as well. It makes me sick to my stomach. You can't get anybody writing down an original thought anymore, putting together. When would you tell me, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com, the last great the last great movie that was ever made in theaters that is a timeless classic. When I say great, I don't mean freaking, you know, uh, whatever you're going to tell me. You know, The Green Book, although it was really, really good. I'm talking about those movies that come on TNT and USA and TBS on a Saturday afternoon that stop you in your tracks. I'm talking about Casino. I'm talking about A Few Good Men. I'm talking about Armageddon. That last one was a joke, but not for me because that is one of my favorite ones. But when's the last time they make a made a really, really good movie? I can't remember it. Um, I did get a haircut into Dry 4. Like I said, I had no luggage and I didn't get a haircut, I, so I had to get one on board. So I did that. Um, I didn't see any of the shows really that much because, you know, our crew pretty much doesn't like to do the shows. We like to kind of fly by the seat of our pants and go from bar to bar and things like that. Dining, swimming, kind of, you know, we just don't gravitate. They they don't. I, I am into it. It's kind of depending upon who I cruise with. I'm fine to not hit up the shows. Every once in a while, I do like if I do hear some good things about a show, I like to see it. But I'm fine not seeing them too. But this particular crew, they don't even look at the freaking cruise compass. They don't care about a show. We're just going from bar to bar, which is kind of fine with me so is what it is i say that to say this there was a lot of compliments going around about the ice show there was some sort of a drone component to it as well and uh people were raving that was the talk of the ship you got to see the ice show you got to see the ice show we said we were going to see the ice show we didn't see the ice show but it sounded really really cool and not a person who talked about it was disappointed with it uh, gambling was eh. I kind of played a little bit, couple of nights. I ended up at my lowest point. I was down four or five hundred. At my highest point, I was up. I think one hundred and fifty, two hundred. Ended up being down a hundred bucks. Lost a hundred bucks at the tables. Anybody who gambles regularly will tell you that is an absolute win. Um, and that's pretty much the biggest takeaway from this cruise. And this was crew-wide, all of us to a person, and we're texting now as we speak. And the one takeaway we had and the one promise we made to each other, no more four-day cruises. You know what I mean? I mean, you could do a four-day cruise if you're going to do a weekend getaway, but you can't consider your four-day cruise to be actual vacation for the year because you're right into it. Things come up on you faster than you really want them to. You know, you feel like you're just getting done with the mustard drill. Then all of a sudden, you're already freaking at your first port. One little measly sea day, and you don't really have much time to recover. Get a couple of drinks in you, recover the next day. That doesn't happen. It's a it's a sprint start to finish, and oh, so much is packed into such a little time that you end up kind of forgetting half the stuff, and you don't get those same memories that you want. We had a beautiful time. We had a great time. Coco K was 
Absolutely love it for a site like we said on Doug's show. And uh, the chip was beautiful, and it's automatically one of my favorite chips, despite the fact that it's a little crowded. But yes, for goodness sake, no more four-day cruises. Also, really speaking of uh, four-day cruises, turning into seven-day cruises, we really, really hope you join us on the first ever Always Be Booked group cruise. It's January 18th, leaving out of Fort Lauderdale. And it's uh, going to St. Thomas, St. Martin, San Juan, and Labadee. We still have two uh, balconies available, and they're at uh, fifteen fifty or so per person, right around right around that area, and about seven fifty per person for an inside cabin. This is an eight day cruise. Now, it's not an El Cheapo crazy deal, the prices I just gave you, but what we should remember, and I have the two, I have, like I said. Two balconies and two staterooms left at that price. This was an ultra cheap cruise maybe six months ago. Now, I mean, I was wondering why it was. I think people are waking up now. The ship is the adventure of the seas. Now, it's not a newly renovated ship. I'm kind of excited at the fact that it's a little bit more of a simple ship, a little bit more ship that's going to be easy to navigate, get around, and not necessarily refurbishments around every corner. I like both, and I'm excited to get back to that. But this is a crew-driven cruise. We're going to have great people on it and the itinerary. I don't know if you can draw up a better itinerary. So, yes, it may not be like you're going to be able to go through your, uh, you know, cruises and look at your websites and find cheaper cruises than this probably. But this is Pirates and Pier Runners. They always be both group cruise. January 18th, 2020, eight days. I'm going to be on it. I'm going to be leading a bunch of different excursions and fun little things. I think there's a rumor we're going to have Doug Parker on it as well. No promises there yet, but he we are we are he is looking at it. And we are talking about it, and I think he's going to make it with a little uh, help in convincing from myself and some of you guys as well. But I'm hoping you guys can make it. I can book it for you, but if you want to just book the sailing, that's fine. The prices are a little higher if you book on your own now than the ones that I have. But um, either way, get on the ship. It's going to be a great time. Eight days. Listen, man, we're making memories. We're doing the things. And that's about it. Hope you guys can make it. If you are interested in uh, booking through me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you have any questions about the sailing, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you want to just go book it on your own, Book it on your own and just let me know you're coming so we can all hang out and party. It's going to be a great time. That's about it for the um, main topic of the show, which was Navigator of the Seas. And we had a, we heard from a few uh, legends of the game, Doug Parker, Super Mario. We talked about Coco K. And uh, let's get into this week's emails. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always be booked cruises and vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. 
Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to alwaysbebooked.com or email me directly at tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And we are back. As always, your emails are a lifeblood, have become a lifeblood of the show, tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. People love your questions, your insight, your suggestions, whatever you got for us, we appreciate your emails at tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. It's been a little while. We got a couple in the pipe, so uh, we're going to need a couple for the next show. So please, Cones, get those uh Get those emails coming in. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. How many times did I say that? Like four times? Hey, Kay. Kay's in the house. Hey, Kay. Yeah, more like five times. I said, I think it was three. Whatever. Rounding. Kay, I'm back. Tommy, you're back. And I want the big piece of chicken. Um, I want some meatballs. All right. Okay. Meatballs for chicken. The, the actual deal was we were going to have everybody over for meatballs, right? Yeah, at the park. <clears throat> At the park, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Tommy, this time, this is a short one. Tommy, this time last year, I emailed you about considering trying to cruise solo. I have booked a solo trip on Mariner of the Seas for this coming November. I'll let you know how it turns out. William, William, thank you for the email. Well, yeah, we're definitely interested in hearing about that solo cruise on Mariner. And you know what? I don't know. Like I said, my experience solo cruising was from Norwegian, and it was, it couldn't have been better. Like I said before, it was almost like if you stopped showing up to solo activities, they come find you. You know what I mean? There is a solo coordinator on that cruise ship. Uh, they bend over backwards to about try to make sure they let you in on all the activities. They don't do self-led activities. Now, that was the thing on Royal Caribbean on Navigator of the Seas. We saw solo activities listed in the cruise compass. And then in parentheses, we would see self-led what does that mean? And they were mostly in the bamboo room. Maybe that's why the bamboo room was always empty. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, on Norwegian, it's tailor-made for you to solo cruise. You're doing Royal Caribbean. If you have the type of personality that you're okay with being a solo cruiser, going out, making friends, uh, initiating conversations, then good for you. I'm excited and happy to hear about how it's going to be and how it's going to go. Uh, they do have, like I said, plenty of venues for you to be able to meet people. Uh, what are some of the great ways to meet people on solo cruises? Uh, Kay, you're just here randomly, um, just lurking around the bedroom, which is fine. But since you're here, what do you think, if you're going to go on a cruise by yourself, what do you think some of the venues would be to where, you know what, that's a good way. My first my first thing is maybe the casino. You know what I mean? I was going to say that. I stole your thing? Yeah, you totally stole my thing. I was totally I mean, I don't know if you gamble or not, William, but uh, if you're at the blackjack table or at the roulette table or whatever, you almost have to interact. You cheer each other on to get blackjack. You, you know, it's it's a it's an us against them mentality versus the dealer. So that's a good way to do it. And the casino bar, they sell uh, booze late into the night, probably later than most. And they got coffee. You know, they always have coffee in the casino, like espresso too. That's because they want that stay up late money. Exactly. What else, Kay? What do you think? Yeah. 
to watch people movies? Just kinda hanging out. Yeah, people are just kind of hanging out watching. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could always kind of go over wherever they're showing the movies and uh, roll up on some uh, damsel who's watching a movie and be like, hey. Yeah, I know. You could kind of say stuff like, what could be some cool opening lines? Come here often? Did move? Have you seen this before? It's not as good as the sequel. You want to take the bets on how long they stay up? Oh, wait a minute. You're talking about the movie? I'm talking about the Flow Rider. Oh, the Flow Rider. Oh, gotcha. Okay, because that's the opposite end of the ship. You're right. So, Flow Rider. Um, the Mariner. Yeah, that has a Flow Rider. You kind of go back there. There's like a bleacher setup. You can kind of just like make fun of the people who are going to fall off. And yeah, that's a great point, Kay. Be like, hey, how, what do you think? Which, which, which do you think is going to stay on the longest? Like pit people against each other. Strike up a conversation. Exactly, exactly. Um, what else? Just any of the bars, any of the lounges. You know, the later it gets into the night, probably the better opportunity you have if you want to work the slot machines as well. I got to get my head out of the casino, don't I? Yeah, you're all up in a casino. Either way, uh, and just make sure for dinner, make sure, William, that you let them know that you are solo, and chances are they will put you at a table where there's other solo cruises as well. But yes, definitely, William, thank you for the email, and very, very excited to hear how it goes for you. You're going to love the Mariner of the Seas. I'm assuming it's a lot like the Navigator, uh, similar timing in the refurb, similar class of ships. I think you're going to have a great time. Look forward to hearing from you. All right, moving on. Tommy, okay, you guys ready for this? Friday, my wife had a flight to make it to our Carnival Breeze ship. That flight got canceled. <gasps> so I rebooked a flight later, uh, a later flight that also got canceled. Okay, this isn't sounding good. So my wife and I jump in the rental and get on the road from the Bronx, New York to Orlando, Florida. We left around 11.30 p.m. 15 and a half hours later, 32 hours of no sleep, 29 hours without eating. We made it at 3 p.m. Thanks to the greatest cruise director in the world, John Heald, he sent word of what was going on with tons of people on our sailing, and they waited for us. Okay, so this was a mass thing, like a lot of flights were getting canceled from New York. We also thanked the Carnival Group Carnival, uh, the Carnival Group Carnival Breeze, April 20th, 2019, for cheering us on the entire time. So you guys are interacting on Facebook with these people, which is awesome. Your words of wisdom were not unheard. Jamal Jones, Love Jones. Love Jones, very active in the in the Facebook group. We love having you in there. Always a great contributor. Always bringing good stuff. None greater than this story you just told us. Holy crap. Uh that is amazing. Good job, Carnival. Good job, the group. And good job, John Heald, for uh, you know putting the word in for you guys. And man, uh, love to hear about that journey. Uh, sometimes a good cross-country or north-south cross-country, whatever way you want to go, up-down country trip is just what's in order. I just went through one myself, took three days with it. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I think I'm starting to enjoy him, besides the fact that i love bug situation in central florida where it looks like my front end of my vehicle is painted in bug uh bug carnage bug apocalypse but uh love jones man good job great job glad you guys made it and i didn't hear how the cruise was yet write me back let me know how the cruise was tommy at alwaysbebooked.com uh maybe a few less words than uh sid 
if you don't mind, but that's okay. Hi, Tommy. Haven't heard a new podcast for a while. Everything okay? Been listening to you from episode zero. Unusual not to have you on the air. Hope all is good. Cheers from Down Under. Giuseppe Leopardi, 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 Giuseppe. Yeah, everything's good for the most part. Uh, you know, it, it's good now. Now I'm back down here. It was a little bit of a rough run in New York, but a necessary rough run, as I discussed in the opening and on the Patreon. If you guys want to subscribe to the Patreon, it's there for you. If you want to hear the whole story, uh, if you don't, I don't blame you. But um, yeah, we're good, and I'm glad to be back. You're going to be hearing me, uh, hearing from me more often, perhaps more often than you'd even like to. Uh, but thank you so much for the e- uh, email, Giuseppe. Hey, Tommy. Hope you are all healed up with the knee and foot. Oh, speaking of Sid, what's up, Sid? Hope you are all healed up with the knee and foot issues. I wanted to get your thoughts on the re- this recent story on Carnival Corporation potentially banning, uh, being banned from U.S. ports. I know nothing official will come out of it to June or even later, of the decision comes down to ban them, that would cancel my planned cruise to Alaska next year. I'm more worried that since I purchased Princess gift cards to pay for my cruise, I wouldn't be able to get my CC cards refunded if they refunded the cruise with a potential fallout from the decision. Anyway, can't wait to hear the next podcast. I'll try to keep my emails below the essay limit. Sid, that's funny. And what great timing. Uh, Sid, I... I'm going to give you the kiss of death here, but I'm going to say it anyway. They're not canceling. They're not banning Carnival Cruise Lines from American ports. They're just not going to do that. I don't see that happening. I do get that they, what I think is just that they, they're just so big. They got a little cocky and they thought that they did not have to adhere to these rules. I think it is serious now. I think the court system is, particularly this one judge, is absolutely had enough of it and is going to throw a huge elbow at Carnival. And I think this is meant to scare the living shit out of them, especially with the language talking about how if they could prosecute the uh, CEOs and uh, owners of Carnival that they would. You know, Carnival is screwed up here. They did the wrong thing, and it's not right at all. But at the same time, there's just too much of an economical fallout to happen with transportation, with airlines, with local businesses, with the cruise line itself, with the American public, who would ultimately have to suffer because of what the cruise line did. So I could be totally wrong, and I have no basis of education to be able to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You're going to be fine. Your cruise is going to go off without a hitch, and I don't. I do not think that there's going to be a ban on um, cruises uh, on American soil. Do you, I mean, granted, I probably just <laughs> jinxed it, but that's what I think. Uh, Hey, Tommy, I'm a longtime listener, but only recently a super cone. I wanted to be able to use the Apple podcast app to download podcasts rather than streaming as my main commute has poor cell reception. After I heard Patreon gives you a customer URL that you can put into a podcast app of your choice, I signed up. That works perfectly, and I can listen just like any other podcast. Anyway, I'm glad to be able to support you. I like the version of Under Pressure in the outro of NYC Patreon 2 episode. Was that My Chemical Romance? Very cool. Thanks for keeping us entertained and hope to see you at the Ainsworth someday. Well, that's not going to happen. I've been to the one in the East Village, but not Midtown. Steve in New Jersey. Steve, first of all, thank you so much for the port, uh, support. I'm glad you are a super cone. It's great to have you. Um, as well as uh, I appreciate you giving that information about how to get 
the feed into your podcast so that you can download it. I do that sometimes too. You download the podcast so you don't have to stream or you don't have to worry about it cutting out with bad reception. Um, yeah, that version. Of, see, that's the thing. My Chemical Romance did do that version of Under Pressure, and I love it as well, except uh, I'm a little bit of a traditionalist, and it's almost like sacrilegious because that is one of my uh, – top probably four or five favorite songs of all time under pressure by queen and david bowie uh collaboration and yes my chemical romance did a really cool version of it and i do like it too there's just a little little piece of me that's like wow they shouldn't have touched that song but again i'm gonna get past that and enjoy the song just the same yeah the ainsworth didn't happen for a long-term basis uh you know the deal if you're listening to patreon why it didn't work out um but it is what it is, and uh, I'm I'm happy to be here. Happy to Kay walked out of the room. We were just in the middle of a collaboration on the emails, but I guess she uh, had enough, and uh, that's about it. So, Steve, thank you for listening, and uh, definitely when you come down to South Florida, let me know. Well, whatever uh, uh, venue I end up in down here, if at all, uh, stop by that venue. Um, all right, another email. Tommy, I've been listening to your podcast for about nine months now. That's enough to have a baby, isn't it? I've only been on one cruise, the Carnival Liberty, in 2016. And I thought I had a wonderful time. Uh, and although I had a wonderful time, I felt I had not adequately researched before we set sail. I booked my second cruise last summer. We set sail on the Carnival Valor, or Valor, from New Orleans this coming June. I realized I wanted to be more prepared and have a better understanding of both the cruise experience and the ports of call. As soon as I booked my cruise, I started looking at vlogs and listening to podcasts to better educate myself before we left. I have to admit, I was a little unsure about how I felt about your podcast after my first episode. Here we go again. Uh, This was not because of poor content or lack of interest. It was 100% your accent. (laughs) I love the honesty here. Being Southern, I mistook that Northern New York accent for being angry or aggressive at first. I know that probably sounds silly, but it took a moment to get used to it. I continued to listen and really do enjoy your show. I don't think I realized how much until you took your hiatus after moving back to New York recently. We are to- we are taking a five-night cruise out of New Orleans to Cozumel and Progreso this summer. We are spending a day or two before the cruise exploring New Orleans. Great idea. In Cozumel, we have reserved Mr. Sancho's, and we are visi- visiting the Oxmal Ruins in Progresso. I definitely recommend that. Not that I've ever been there. I just know that in Progresso, I think it's a, a little bit of an underwhelming port in general. So if you book a good, fun, quality excursion like that, I think that's the right move. Have you sailed, uh, continuing as I just interrupt your email, sorry. Have you sailed from New Orleans before or visited either of these port locations? Any advice uh, for things to try out, just gave you one on the Progresso, never been there. Uh, never been to New Orleans, but that's definitely got to change fast. Uh, you continue. Glad to hear your podcast is back. I'm even debating joining Patreon because I have enjoyed it so much. I really love it. I have even been trying to listen to a little country music since listening to your show. I'm still on the fence with Zach Brown. But I'm all in on your podcast. Melissa from Birmingham, Alabama, home of the Carnival Fantasy. You got a lot going on here, Melissa, in this email that I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna use the buzzword unpack little by little here. So first of all, you're from Birmingham, Alabama, and 
you got a, you need a New Yorker with a shitty accent to convince you to listen to country music? I don't know. Uh, it sounds like you should be into it. You're the home of the fantasy. That's where the fantasy. So yes, definitely get the hell out of town if you're going to take a cruise. Go to New Orleans. I think that's um, incredible. What um, what ship did you say you're going on? The Valor, right? Okay. Uh, uh, I think the Valor, the Valor, whatever it is, it's um, a, a fairly simple ship. It's definitely better than anything you're going to find out of Birmingham. Uh, not Birmingham. Uh, what's the Alabama port? Um, what's the city down there? I know Birmingham's the capital. Uh, Mobile, Mobile, Alabama. So that's where the port is there. Uh, yeah, definitely doing the right thing by going over to New Orleans. I can't tell you anything about New Orleans except that it seems like it's a lot of fun. I think the food experience there, from what I heard, the food experience is second to none. The bar and party scene is awesome, but just also expected to be a little bit rustic. Uh, people drink heavily there. There's no moderation things going on that most of the country has taken part in. Uh, mostly there, it's like, you know, it's time to drink, and we're going to keep drinking until the drinking stops. And that's what it is. But again, like I think it's a lot of uh, Bourbon Street. A lot of people go there expecting some beautiful vacation, some uh, gorgeous kind of like attractive uh I guess I wouldn't say high end, but a lot of people are surprised about how, I guess, rustic and sometimes at some periods run down it is. Nevertheless, just know that going in, expect it, and you're going to have a great time. You're just not expecting this pristine, beautiful, uh, you know, up-to-date, state-of-the-art facilities, hotels, restaurants, things like that. Having said that, New Orleans, some of the best food, some of the best cuisine in the country, and a great party. As far as the ports go, you already have uh, your plan set for um, for Cozumel. You're already set. So uh, I could give you some advice, but I, if you already have um, Cozumel, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Sancho's booked, you want to spend most of the day there because you're going to want to get your money's worth. I've been there. I didn't do any of the all-inclusive stuff. Stu and Chris did when we went, and I kind of jumped on a moped and met them down there just for a kind of a flyby. It definitely seemed nice. The The buffet seemed plentiful. The drinks kept flowing. The beach was nice, and it seemed like a nice time. And uh, that's a perfect example, like I said at the top of the show. And uh, emails like this continue to come in. People are not sure about this show at first, and it takes them a little bit while to get used to it, uh, but it does seem to grab a hold of them once they give it a little bit of a you know a real chance. So thank you so much for the email. I do appreciate it. I do wish you a great time on your cruises, Melissa. And thanks again, guys. Once again, Patreon, you know the deal. I'm not going to repeat it. You won't hear me say it as much as uh, in future shows as I did on this show. But yes, if you do sign up for the Patreon, you're just going to get you know hit with a lot of shows. Uh, Instagram, always be booked. And join the group. Always be both Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. And please consider, consider joining us on this group cruise. The more the merrier. Uh, again, it sounds like a sales pitch. I do not. I sit here and swear to you, I do not care if you book through me or not. Just let me know you're booked on it. And we're going to get the party started. We're going to have a bunch of things to do throughout the cruise. Some events, some some organized and not organized meetups and bar crawls and excursions. We're going to do the St. Thomas Run that you've heard me talk about thousands of times going to be a blast uh, any information uh, you need from that or you want to email the show Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com it's great to be in Florida it's great to be back on the air talking to you guys boat drinks cones 
When I wake up in the morning, love And the sunlight hurts my eyes And something without warning, love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be A lovely day Impossible to fail when someone else instead of me always seems to know the way. Then I look at you, and the world's all right with me. Just one look at you, and I know it's gonna be. Thank you. 